welcome in and welcome back to the Legacy Right. Um, we're gonna do a little dif different now because uh, I read a I read a book. I actually met her at MUFON when it was in uh, in Covington, Kentucky, in Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Uh, her book called uh, "You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens" and uh, how how fitting there, uh, Andrew. You have the right, right? We're the Legacy yeah. Right. So. <laughs> Um, but uh, you do. You have the right to believe in what, whatever you want to believe in, and 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 uh, no matter what it is. I mean, if you want to, if you think that you're you're uh, having hallucinogenic delusions of rocks talking to you, I mean, that's that might be true. Could could be the case, or you might be a schizophrenic, or maybe we're all schizophrenics. I but uh, talk to rocks. Rocks talk. They could. Yeah. I yeah. haven't had a rock talk to me, so well, well. If once the rock finally talks to me, uh, <laughs> I will definitely believe it. So, but uh, they, they could. A, have you ever had a tree talk to you? Yes, actually. Yeah. So I uh, had redwoods in the redwood forest talk to me, and it was life changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I believe that because they're they're definitely living living. Oh, it's a rock. In, well, I mean, if I get those, if I get a rock to talk to me, then I'm going to get him a sign an autograph. If, like I said, if a rock finally talks to us, we'll have to be more open-minded, Andrew. So if the rock finally talks to one of us, we're we're definitely getting an autograph. So yeah. do you believe that a quartz crystal can talk to you? Yeah. Yeah. That a rock can uh, too. Energy. What's the difference? I think it has the difference of just like Andrew just said the the energy of the core. Yeah, so, yeah. I guess you know a boring rock that has energy coming out of it too. Yeah, that is true. It's not as fancy as a quartz. Hmm. That and the the quartz is more beautiful, I guess. So, <laughs> so, but. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like all the that's then that's that's the the brilliance of why we're 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 bringing you on, and uh, we're going to talk about we're going to make sure that we talk about that, and uh, it it gives a, a better, more positive vibe. Trying to finally get away a little bit of the of the the politics, Andrew. Get away, yeah. take a breath, have a breather. It's, it's and it's a good Halloween session, even though we're we're a week out post Halloween. Yeah. So, but uh, but. With that, uh, let's uh, let's let's jump in. So uh, I got to do the plug, Andrew, but I'm gonna do a little short, so that way okay. we can go right into it. Uh, Fanghornforesters.com for all your woodworking needs and necessities, millwork, um, and construction um, for you to build your dreams. I mean, and other than that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and close right there and let's just jump right into it because I, I think everybody's, I think they got the message and now I've done the plug yeah. so much. So, um, right. so with that, we got a, we got a special guest. Uh, all of our guests are very special, but, uh, but we have a, we have a special guest on uh, tonight for this recording and for next week's episode when it gets released or hopefully next mm -hmm. week. We need to get more thorough, Andrew. So, yeah. but uh, um, again, uh, like to present uh, uh, Seb Talk Talk. Yes, talk. So, yeah. So uh, the book that she wrote is "You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens." Uh, great book. Gives a a, a staunch 
fantastic, informative and, and narrative um, pertaining to her life and, and her experiences. And, uh, and then kind of opens up towards uh, building that repertoire that you can have the same experiences like the energy with the rocks. Rocks can talk to you. So, right. I mean, because yeah, everything has energy. Together, right. So everything has energy. And that's where we'll we'll transition straight into that and like um and go right straight into the rock question, the energy question. Um how is it uh, what where is this energy formulating from? And uh and we didn't we have a nod. We, we do don't not. know where this energy comes from. Some people think it's God. Some people think it's a universal force that's not judgmental at all. Um, yeah. yeah, so I don't know where it originates from. Mm -hmm. So it could be, it could be that it could be God. It could be the uh, Anunnaki, those who came from the stars before us. I mean, it could be, it could be, and maybe it's it's uh, another dimension. Maybe it's our visitor. Maybe maybe the visitations and the communications are from a whole different uh, dimension. Which actually, I like that in this book because you brought that up. Um, or you know, could, could be uh, in the planet. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. Oh. Uh, the whistleblower Grush. Have you did you listen to his uh, his uh, televised conference or his televised? Uh, Congressional hearing. Was it a congressional hearing? Uh, it probably was. Okay, it was really interesting. And in it, he said that uh, he leans towards these being, he doesn't call them extraterrestrials because he's not convinced that they're actually off planet. And he thinks that they could be existing on Earth in another dimension, like many mm -hmm. beings could be existing on Earth simultaneously, and mm -hmm. we can't see them. Uh, maybe they can see us, maybe they can't see us. So mm -hmm. that is definitely a very uh, possible, if not, I think it's the truth. I think there are definitely beings on earth in other dimensions, um, but maybe there are still beings from other planets and other solar systems that are off planet. But then ultimately, if you pull all the way back and just look at the whole bigger picture it's all mm -hmm. one and the same anyway mm -hmm. it's all interconnected I mean, the universe is connected galaxies are connected dimensions are connected so yeah. it could be the same so yeah i mean and and that goes to my next question is how how why why is it that some people are able to communicate like say yourself um and what are these beings or creatures or energies, entities, whatever you want to refer to them at, what are they actually trying to communicate? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it in, in the middle, like kind of matter of fact, who knows? Like what, what exactly is the point of, of them trying to communicate? Mm -hmm. Well, the first part of your question, uh, I believe everyone can communicate and the easiest way to communicate with another worldly being, whether it's an ET or a dead person or a spirit guide is through meditation. And I have a YouTube channel, Alien Spirit with Sev, and I created this series of three videos where I help you raise your frequency because it's really important to raise your frequency when you're connecting with other beings. Mm -hmm. And then I created the guided meditation with my voice and high frequency music 
guiding you to actually meeting another worldly being. And that's on my YouTube channel. I do suggest that a lot of people have had a lot of success with that. It's free and it's really easy to do. I have taught people from all over the world how to channel or how to connect. And I haven't met a single person that couldn't do it. Hmm. Now, when you say channel, is it anything similar to like astral projection or, um, or like actually? Which so, I have done and which, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Have you? I have not. No, I have not. Mm -hmm. But is it like, what? What is the difference between? Is it? Is the difference predominantly because astral projection is actually leaving your body, and then channeling is more communicating on a more, you said higher frequency, but it's all based on frequency, but down to earth and like kind of mental and spiritual. Yeah. Yes, right. Channeling is you're hearing, feeling, and seeing interdimensional information, which you're then relaying to somebody else. Uh, mm -hmm. Astral projection, your, your focused consciousness is somewhere else. So mm -hmm. whether you're really leaving your body or not, I'm not sure, but your focused consciousness, your focus is somewhere else. So it, I've, it's happened to me a few times where I've left my body. The first time I did it, I wasn't expecting it at all. I was in the shower. And I do say that the shower is a great place to meditate because mm -hmm. that warm water on your crown chakra really helps you relax and really can take you to a higher place. I do suggest that people try to meditate and connect in the shower. So I'm washing my hair. And the next thing I know, I'm watching myself wash my hair from the ceiling, from the corner. And huh. it's really, really um, more intense than high definition. It's yeah. unlike anything I've ever seen. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm watching myself wash my hair. And then I come back to into my body. I'm like, what the hell was that? Did I actually leave my body? Was I a zombie? Was I still in my, because I was performing an act. I was mm -hmm. watching yeah. my hair. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was one time. Another time I went in a meditation, this lady came to me, I was sitting on my couch and uh, she said, would you like to follow me? This is in my mind's eye. I said, yeah. So this, she takes me to this portal, portal opens. And we go inside and I end up at the top once again of this room of a hospital room. And she hmm. gets into the bed and I see my friend, my girlfriend and her brothers there. And I said, oh, you're my friend's mother. And I had never met her mother before. I said, you're my friend's mother. And she goes, yes. And I said, you just died. And she said, yes. And then 10 minutes later, my girlfriend called me and said her mother just passed. And I didn't say anything to her at the time. I told her later. And she found great comfort in that. Because mm -hmm. to her, that message was that her mother had already left her body before a lot of the pain had begun or before they even thought she was dead. And knowing that her mother was free like that gave her a lot of peace. It's it's interesting that you said that because that's one thing, like my mom's been passed for about a year now, but uh, when she was alive and uh, all throughout her life, she would have experiences. Mainly it was dream state um, because that's usually when you're the most relaxed is when you're sleeping. And, uh, but she would communicate like everybody that has died in her life, she communicated with them in some capacity or saw them. And then the next day or two days later or what, or in the immediate future, 
um they were they were dead like uh they were, you know, i mean she she envisioned it she taught i mean she kind of knew that her mother was going to die in 1992 uh it's kind of weird too because my mom died last year uh november 7th of 2022 20 years later or 20 years literally 20 years later give or take a month or two uh a month my grandmother died in in october of 1992 i think it was up no it was august but regardless i mean and she even kind of predicted she started predicting that too because she's like i'm uh i'm coming up to 62 and she's 58 59 she was 59 when she died last year and but she kept on like the last few years basically saying we got to get moving like we got to do you know um got to do things just to get prepped and ready because uh once 62 hits i'm i'm gone of course she didn't make it till 60 but but it, it it's it's bizarre that uh you 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 mentioned that because like even like I've heard those stories and I kind of understand like you can actually see or even meet those that are about to pass and predict it. And it's very intriguing to me that some people can do it. And like, I guess all of us can do it if we just train our minds. Yeah, we can all do it. And why her mother came to me? Well, I can only guess because since I've never met her mother, and I was already there, like I was what I call in the playground of consciousness, because I was meditating. So I was there. And when you're there in that playground of consciousness, you're going to meet all kinds of beings, whether they just yeah. died or whether they've been yeah. dead or it's an ET. And I was there and she was there. She's like, oh, you're my daughter's friend. That's how I see it. It's like, let me give mm -hmm. you a message mm -hmm. yeah. to my daughter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, it's, it's, it's intriguing. You got a question there, Andrew? Yeah, I was just thinking about a story I've been told uh, from my grandma. Um, she had a sister who passed away from cancer, and she was uh, my grandpa was or my great grandpa was at the hospital with her when when she passed away. But she was asleep at at their house because you know it's just it was really stressful. And she had, uh, her sister came to her in a dream, saying that her dad, my great grandpa, was on his way back from the hospital. Get up, and make some coffee. And the next thing you know, she gets up and she, you know, she starts making the coffee and he comes in and tells everybody that she passed away. Oh. So, yeah, I think uh, that's that, that's definitely an experience people can have, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's real. It's real. Yeah. And it's interesting how we're more apt to believe that story than the story of me talking to an ET in the exact same uh realm that yeah. is still hard to believe but people believe that i talked to a dead person before they believe i talked to an et and and why why do you think that is is it just because nobody's ready to accept that there are different forces or entities out there other than us or could it be because we're all anti-government and but yet we're not and we allow other forces to dictate what we want to think what we already want to believe but where we can't like well how do how can you how do you explain that of why of why of why the the culture has been shaped that way to where you oh. will believe like we'll believe that you can talk to spirituality 
like on the spiritual level with um your dead loved one or or just dead people in general um or uh compared to extraterrestrial entities mm -hmm. it's mainly societal brainwashing mm -hmm. uh that's basically what it is and that's starting to change Mm -hmm. So when I first wrote my book, it came out in 2018. That's when I came out because I, I have been experiencing ET since I was 10 and mm -hmm. I kept it a secret for decades. And it's not until I moved here to the inner banks of North Carolina where the grays burn those two red X marks on my back mm -hmm. that made me come out. And then I wrote the book and then everything changed. Mm -hmm. And I have been afraid of coming out my whole entire life. So for me to even write a book about it, if, if someone had said to me 10 years ago, you're going to write a book, I'd be like, no way in hell because the grays are evil. And no, 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 I don't want my clients to know that I talk to extraterrestrials. No way. And mm -hmm. all completely changed. And it's really <clears throat> one of the best things I've ever done coming out mm -hmm. and helping experiencers is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you, you say, so uh, speaking of the grays, are they evil or do we just don't, or is it that we just have no real understanding of, of their whole existence, their whole concept right now? That it just it's the second one. I believe it's the second one because I've come in contact with the grace several times. Mm -hmm. and back when I thought they were evil, it's because uh, my perspective was such. Because mm -hmm. I was a victim. I was in two abusive marriages and mm -hmm. I just played the victim role. So I'm like, well, if my ex-husbands are going to abuse me, the ETs are going to abuse me too. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the ETs actually helped me pop out of the victim vibe. So mm -hmm. now I can see that what they were doing is that they were helping me. They were helping me pop out of that victim vibe. Once you pop out of that victim vibe, you're responsible for everything that happens to you and it's very empowering. And the ETs helped, helped, helped me realize that. Uh, so now I think that they're good. They're also neutral. I was shown tall, medium, and short when I was shown a baby in a tube. Mm -hmm. And I also have a Milab experience where they showed me tall, medium, and short. And they brought in this tall gray in my Milab experience in this other room with this glass uh, wall. And they said, this is the original gray. And then they took that one out and they brought in a shorter one. And they said, that's the hybrid of the original. And they took that hmm. one out and then they brought in the smallest one. So that's the hybrid of the hybrid of the original. And with hmm. each one, there was a decrease in sentience. So it was understood that the littlest ones are the ones we're the most familiar with, the robotic ones, who mm -hmm. are pretty much specimen takers. Mm -hmm. So I, in all of my contact with the Greys, and I had a contact in Roswell too about the hybridization program. Um, but what was different with the X marks was that the Gray that was standing behind me, he'd said nothing. And that freaked me out more than anything. Because mm -hmm. you, I'm looking straight into the eyes of this being black. I say it's like looking into a pool of black oil and he's not mm -hmm. saying anything. And that not saying anything part was the freaky part. Mm -hmm. yeah, believe it or not. For some reason, we don't like that as humans. We don't like mm -hmm. neutral. It freaks us mm -hmm. out. We yeah. don't, we don't, we're so, we're so social creatures that, that we, we need to communicate that it does kind of somebody who's more mute. That's, like the quiet, like the whole, the saying is, is like, 
Oh man, I think George Carlin had a joke about this, but it's always the quiet ones, right? So that it, but I mean, it's because we're scared of the unknown, I guess. And one of the one of that is the fact that if we can't communicate with one another or everybody's just silent, we just we try to separate ourselves from that. It's like, well, okay, I'm gonna go elsewhere, so I'm not freaked out now. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, have you ever heard of transmigration of the soul? No. Okay. I knew, um, knew you were gonna probably bring that up, Andrew. Yeah. Transmigrational soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's the escape of the soul. It's the escape of the soul from somebody who's passing away into another into another body. Okay, it's as they're dying. Uh yes, as they're dying. So this is just a very normal, natural process. Yeah, it. Wow. I would just. I was curious if you'd ever heard of it, and what, uh, if you thought of it was legitimate or not. It's actually. Uh, Based on some psychology uh, and some, uh, what's it called? Not psychology, uh, well, um, not ethics. Uh, I'm sorry, philosophy. I'm, I'm <laughs> philosophy. Yeah, it's, it's based on philosophy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, which I mean, it's kind of psychology as well, too, which has well, a just lot of to make sure I understand. The person dies and then their soul enters another body. So it's yeah, but their but their body has to be burned, like cremated, beforehand. Whose body? The person that's passing away. That's passing. Why? Uh, that's apparently that's part of the process. What difference does it make, though? I don't. I that I don't know. I, this is something uh, that uh, Aristotle, I think, was talking about. Either him or yeah. Plato. Yeah, a long time ago. So I'm talking about what some people think are the specifics of reincarnation. Yeah, what it sounds sounds like. Yeah, but I I think the basis of that the the original body has to be cremated is so there isn't another vessel of the their original body can't be a vessel for them to go back to. Otherwise, they would just go back. I mean, we're humans, right? We're creatures of habit. We like familiar familiar. Yeah, I can't talk familiar familiarity, um, <laughs> and uh, and we would still even as spirits we would still want to gravitate back to our own body, or at least theoretically speaking. I don't so, know. I mean, that who knows about that? And that's you know, so self-centered and narcissistic and egotistical and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, once we die, mm-hmm. we're probably like, who the hell cares about this body anymore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I do believe, I do believe that we have multiple consciousnesses. What I call a consciousness, other people would call a life or a past life. And I mm-hmm. don't believe it, that it's linear. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that my consciousness inhabits a variety of different uh, bodies or vessels, um, uh, unlimited and because we're all fractals, everything mm-hmm. goes on into eternity. So if this transmigrational soul ex- uh, is a linear process, then I-, I don't know if I agree with that. Just my oh. personal belief. I, like I said, I was just kind of curious if you yeah. uh, if you had heard of it. 
so no it's a very uh scientific term isn't it <laughs> um the 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 technical term is uh, metempsychosis oh metempsychosis yes he he reads he reads and watches a lot of videos and articles while he's bored at work in the night shift yeah <laughs> so he's learned a lot <laughs> so uh I, I i to to kind of stay on that right there and then go off of what you said uh sev with the uh multi-conscience um uh, uh life energies um is, could that be a reason that some people um kind of when they go to a particular place uh specifically like very historically uh set and has a lot of energy converging like i say this because i i do this like especially when i go to like civil war battlefields especially when i'm on the gettysburg battlefield yeah. it almost feels like yeah. i'm there and i know not everybody most most people a lot of people it would just be it's a good site kind of cool to tour around and there's nothing really and but there are people that uh like myself that I'll go there and I weigh heavy and it feels like I'm there, like I've actually blacked out while I'm walking, uh and and uh just walking and exploring. And I, I envision like flanked over to the right, flank over to the left, and just constant screaming and, and uh I see I'll see an aura of smoke and then I've had, and then I finally see like reality. <laughs> and so like I'm seeing the vision of the battle, like right then and there. So, um, and then I'm back in reality and just where it's just a, a national battle park <laughs> with a bunch of tourists uh, walking about and park rangers and cannon and cannons just in place and monuments. But uh, could that be like me, that happening to me or anybody for that matter, could that be kind of a sign that maybe their consciousness was somebody that was involved in that battle somebody that may have died in that heinous violent three days of just turmoil and chaos yes it's very likely that that is a consciousness that you had or what some people would call a past life it's also and i know what you're talking about because it happens to me too and it's intense and mm -hmm. until it happens to you, it sounds like we're making it up, but we're not making it up. It's mm -hmm. really, we can hear, feel, and see everything. Mm -hmm. uh, but it could also be, maybe you didn't have a life there, but that yelling and that screaming and that smoke and that fear, that sits there. That's and some you. of us can hear it and feel it and see it. It doesn't necessarily mean that we lived there. Mm -hmm. but it could be either or. Okay, so it's, it could be just very residual because of all the suffering yeah. that happened. Because that energy is sitting there. There's a matrix of energy there. You know, when you walk into someone's home, you get a vibe, you feel. We all mm -hmm. create our own little matrix of energy in our offices, mm -hmm. in our homes, in our cars, yeah. everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. And on the battlefield, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, speaking of like energy that, that human beings kind of uh guide off of them um poltergeist activity um does that have anything to do with another entity around or is that just straight up uh all human psychological and spiritual uh conduction 
do we just do it ourselves or is there something else involved with our own energy well it could be both mm. it could be both that's what makes it so compl uh, complicated because we really don't understand the mind mm -hmm. uh, and the power that it has so it could absolutely be both it could be something that we're creating or it could very well be that a lot of people who who were taken off to the insane asylums were not insane at all, but they were just plugged into the other dimensions and getting information. It makes mm -hmm. me so sad when I think about the, all those people that were, well, you mm -hmm. know, the witches and all that. It's been happening for a long time. People mm -hmm. who are plugged in are, are scary because we're all plugged in, but some of us mm -hmm. more than others. Some of us don't even realize we could be plugged in, but you have mm -hmm. access to free information, which is the mm -hmm. best you can possibly have because it's geared perfectly towards you for you whatever is mm -hmm. the best for you you can pull it you can get it mm -hmm. free uh, and, and our of... government doesn't want that so the ETs are yeah. giving uh, the humans uh, messages like you had asked me before the ETs are giving humans messages and mm -hmm. it's to help humanity to help mankind individually it starts individually and then collectively and mm -hmm. so the government doesn't like that the ETs are giving us messages about personal power, self-empowerment, spiritual growth. We're all one. Don't listen to that bullshit. We get messages like that. Fear, fear, fear. You're under the spell of fear. One experiencer, and um, I'd like to share the artwork of my experiencers. Um, she, uh, she was on board with the Greys. And uh, they told her, they um, sent her a visual of humans wearing masks. And they said uh, that your COVID is just simply um, massive fear to control, yeah. to control you. That's all COVID is. It's a way to control you. Uh, we, the government we... doesn't like us to say this. Mm -hmm. No, I think me. Me and, me and Andrew would definitely agree on that. It was mass hysteria and and it was meant to uh, put us on track to for something. Don't, I don't know what that something is. Was I would probably success? Go, I mean, did yeah. it go the way they planned? I don't know. I don't think it did. That's why they've had to implement more chaos to for more, more division. Boosters? You mean booster more. after booster after booster after booster? <laughs> You did yeah. have boosters, but then after that, they kind of, they realized co they still aren't controlling anybody. There are people, more more people are waking up to be more defiant, even in their own way, because of COVID. And so they've had to move on to the next one. And what is the next one? Well, now we're, oh. we're involved with Ukraine and, and Russia, which has been ongoing, but now it's war. And then... So they, we have to, and that causes division. And then now we have the Israel thing. So it's all culminating in the war. Now it's like, well, if we can't dupe them with, with a, with a, with a virus, um, to try to collectively put them at, uh, and in, in, into our vacuum, um, so we can control them easily, like the cattle that they believe we are. Um, well, we'll just make sure we go to war, create division over two, three, four different sides and hopefully, and maybe, I mean, hopefully it doesn't come to this, but maybe we'll just blow ourselves up and the survivors will be all of us at the top and all the poor people will be dead. Yeah. And then we don't have to control anybody. 
Well, I was given information from the Grays when they gave me information about the hybridization program. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said the reason, one of the reasons they have the hybridization program is to create these embryos um, that will be used to reseed this planet if we annihilate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And they told me, this was a couple, <coughs> excuse me, a couple years ago. They told me we are on the path of annihilation, but it's not too late. We can still turn around. That was a couple of years ago. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's too late anymore. Sometimes it feels like it's too late. But back then they said it's not mm -hmm. too late. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever too late. I think we just have to, we have to just keep waking up as many people to, to all the destruction that we've caused ourselves. I mean, because I, I think a lot of people are. That's why you're starting to see more people um, have experiences like, your own um and being more open towards other life or entities around us you're starting to see people opening up towards the 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 concept like going back to the poli the politic or lack thereof the government reveal you're starting to see more people uh pro you know, want to be more like this which is anarchy which is individual i mean in individualism in the form of of guiding oneself towards more relationship bound but not having not outsourcing fake authority that we all have in ourselves <laughs> and like everybody's starting to wake up uh to a certain extent all over the world that uh, that things beyond all of our control are trying to be controlled so yeah it feels like everything is purging all at once like everything's coming up and vomiting and it's uh, it's as we wish. I mean, we want we want light. We want light on these things, and they're hard to see and they're hard to accept. And this is there's a lot more coming. There's a lot more purging and a lot more vomiting coming. Uh, so I think it's all good. No matter what it reveals, it's important that we see the dark underbelly. Very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no. To go into biblical, I guess. I mean, it, and we've had a number of these historical ideas, one such being the last major one was like with the, with Rome and its empire and its uh, divisional chaos and collapse. But are we, and maybe that's why we're starting to, there are people that are starting to actually have more experiences. Are we in a period of, of like, end of days rhetoric that is talked about in the bible and specifically in the new in the new testament but the old testament as well sometimes it feels like it but i don't know mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like it but i don't know because i'm like you i'm very hopeful too mm -hmm. and i also believe that there's a infinite version of earth Mm -hmm. So who's not to say that we might slip into another version of Earth and mm -hmm. not even see its destruction? We never know that it was even destroyed. Mm -hmm. So almost, almost like like a rapture type deal, where some of us are. No, it's we. I believe that we're there's so many different, very same but slightly different, almost like slices of reality of Earth, and every time we mm -hmm. make a decision or a choice we're kind of like tossed into another slightly different version of earth. We make another choice with, we're in another slightly different version of earth. And sometimes people we know don't follow us in. 
Mm -hmm. to our version of our yeah mm -hmm. oh okay so basically we continue and like this version's been destroyed but we're it's but, still existing yeah, it's, it's just yeah. that our our focus isn't there mm -hmm. or like yeah. that earth could have been annihilated if that's what you're saying yeah, yeah. reality yeah. is existing yeah. but um our focus isn't there we chose we opted out of that reality for some reason to come into this one and I believe that happens multiple times a day to all of us. Mm -hmm. It all has to do with the choice that you make at that particular moment. Which mm -hmm. reality is that going to lead you to? Mm -hmm. All about past that we're going to take then. So, so it comes, it comes to the, the, the individualist aspect. So I'm going right. to <laughs> better here. But the individual aspect with the, but yet with the acknowledgement of a, of a collective ideology that we're all humans on this earth i mean we got to live with one another but we got to live with consequences but we can only control ourselves and maybe that's what the the ets are trying to yes. tell us so yes yes mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. it's a, a lot of we are one uh and i found that there are messages because i help experiencers through mufon i'm the assistant state director for north carolina and i'm also on the experiencer resource team and uh, uh the experiencer resource team or the ert is uh, there's about only 50 or 60 of us around the world and we deal only with people who've made direct contact with a non-human being or with an et mm. So I help experiences through MUFON and I also help them privately through my website, planetsev.com. You can go mm -hmm. on there, fill out a few questions, tell me about your experience and I'll respond to you and I'll try and help you. And so helping experiences all around the world, I've discovered that the messages the ETs are giving us tend to fall into five different categories. Uh, the hybridization program, self-empowerment or uh, spirituality, uh, scientific innovation, um, how to strengthen your psi abilities, and um, possible future fates of, for humanity. Mm -hmm. Those seem to be the five groups that we're getting a lot of information about. Mm -hmm. And and can speaking of five, can I mean, they would probably know because they are, they're technologically advanced or maybe they're from a different reality and they've already seen ours and they're coming back or maybe they're us from the future. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, so can, but we can't really predict the future. We can kind of understand what might happen and what other, what, what, what could potent, what could be the possibility? It's almost like Andrew, I'm about ready to say it. It's almost like the market and economics yeah. where we can't predict the we can't predict what's gonna happen in the future. Well, are we going to be in a recession of the business cycle? Well, are we going to annihilate ourselves on earth? Or what is or is there something good that's gonna come out of this and and paradise is back? Um so, I mean, so it's basically you have your potential idea and then you just have to work for the prediction that we can't predict. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm getting on, on something, it's, it sounds like I'm just kind of ramp, rambling at this point, but that's what it feels like to me is, is it's, it, I mean, you, pre, you can't predict the future, but at the same time, you, 
you can be given clues for what that future could be um, as long as you figure out a different path. <laughs> yes, you can definitely be shown a possible future. And for instance, that's happened to me in a meditation where I was shown a possible future and I was asked, do you want this? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, and it happened. And I remember the very moment when it was exactly as I had seen it. I was like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. And that's happened a few times. For instance, one time I was shown the airplane flying into uh, the World Trade Center about three years before it happened. A lot of people saw oh. that. A lot of people had that vision. And mm -hmm. I think because they were probably planning it then. And mm -hmm. so that energy was just floating around in the matrix mm -hmm. of energy that floats around us. And some of us were able to just hear it, feel it, see it. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then it happened and then nobody nobody's surprised that actually felt it beforehand it the was shocking to see exactly what i saw in my dream it was really really shocking i didn't say i didn't tell anybody what i saw in my dream because it was so crazy this tall glass building beside the water in a city and a, a plane comes and goes right through it and when i woke up i was like oh that did not feel like a dream that was weird and i didn't say anything to anybody yeah that's wild yeah that that'd be kind of freaky and then all of a sudden you turn on the news on September 11 2001 and then so this is why <laughs> yeah this is why our government has uh psycho warfare mm -hmm. where you know, our government and other governments around the world spend lots of money billions of dollars on astral projection mm -hmm. on yeah, on uh, the, the psi abilities of people uh, to help give information. Um, it's in, in, it's usually not good information that they want. But, you know, sometimes it's like, where are the hostages? You know, that kind of stuff. But other times it's uh, mostly for nefarious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, nefarious reasons. <laughs> because we just want to control one another, I guess. Dominate. Dominate. Better word yeah mm -hmm. yeah no that's that is wild and i mean in, speaking of governments controlling one another and psychological warfare and false flags i mean you kind of somewhat seeing that right now with with uh israel and hamas and the the, the propaganda campaigns that are lovely corporate press entities of news or um, both on cable TV, uh, if anybody does not have cable, good, uh, just pull the plug. Uh, yeah. But then you have There's social poison. Yeah, but I mean, it's just the propaganda that that is converging on dividing, and, uh, and you, it it almost is like the the CIA or in any intelligence agency. It, I mean, was gravitated towards controlling certain outlets to confuse people i mean to make them believe one thing yes <laughs> yeah and americans tend to be very gullible for some reason but yeah. talking about false flags you know there's a false flag theory when it comes to invasion and mm -hmm. that the government's going to create this false invasion with spaceships and make them mm -hmm. yeah to be evil and then we have to fight them back mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I can see that there could possibly be a push that all experiences are evil and all experiences are talking to demons 
and you you know experiences are bad stay away from experiences i can kind of see that as being part of that whole entire narrative too and so i had an experience in my house something happened that really made me uh, believe in what I just said. And uh, I had a friend come and stay with me. It was the first time she was coming to my house for a week and she's a, a spiritual teacher. And so that night we went to sleep and she was in the guest room across from mine. Um, and there's a window there overlooking the water. And uh, in the middle of the night, <clears throat> I wake up cause I feel her, she's getting into my bed and I look at her and I go, what's the matter? And she goes, I'm scared. And at that very moment, I felt something. And I turn around and at the foot of my bed, maybe like three feet away from me, was this tall hat man being, hat man, mm -hmm. red and black. It was darker than the room. I could see its outline, the hat, the suit. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, energy came out of it and into me. Its energy came into my chest and it felt like it grabbed me and it was pulling me out of me, like it was pulling my essence out of me. It was very scary. And mm -hmm. I fought it because I knew I could fight it. A lot of people don't know, but I'm here to tell you, you can fight it. You're in control. And I fought it and I said, no, 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 you got to go. You got to go. And I felt literally like I was fighting for my life. Finally, it left and I fell asleep. So the next morning, we wake up and I said to my friend, did anything weird happen to you last night? She goes, yeah. I go, oh, what happened? She said, um, well, I woke up and I heard this voice tell me to look out the window. And I look out the window and there's Jesus Christ in the sky. And this voice is telling me, that's not really Jesus Christ. That's a hologram or a holograph. And we mm -hmm. can this we can create anything and put it in the sky and fool you and make you think it's real and at mm -hmm. the same time she's having that experience i'm having this men in black hat man experience they're tied together mm -hmm. yeah so she said what happened to you and i said well you woke up in the middle of the night and came into the, my bed and she goes no i didn't I go, oh yeah you did and she goes oh no i didn't i'm like ah oh. Okay, so we just kind of left it there. We didn't say anything. And afterwards, no. I realized that that being was connected to her because she had just fallen down that entire rabbit hole of QAnon and mm. Hillary's eating babies and Pizzagate. And I mean, she fell right down it very quickly. And that's mm -hmm. a very negative low vibe. And so you attract negative low vibe beings, no matter what dimension they're in and so that entity was with her and it was just trying me out because wherever we go we go with our group of entities mm -hmm. yeah. we never travel alone yeah and so um it's because of that experience I, I i firmly believe that we could we can make we could put on any show and it would be believable wild yeah yeah and that's scary that is that is scary. I mean, it just and it it's uh, uh it not only it's it's more scary on the on the level that uh, for those who don't have a, a grasp or an understanding at this moment, I mean, it's going to be so shocking that, that how how do how how are people a lot? I mean, she handled it relatively well for the most part, but what about other people 
and how they handle it. Like think about suicides. I mean, maybe that maybe the reason there's suicide is because you have these experiences and people have visitations or they're getting communicated with on the high on the frequency that we're not used to because we're human beings, we haven't tapped into that. And uh then they 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 just can't handle it and they just blow their brains out or, or whatever, however well, they get addicted. They drink too much, they do drugs, they do something. Yeah. Um, and it happens. I mean, there are def this has happened to experience. Mm -hmm they have died they've either killed themselves or to kill themselves from drinking too much or whatever it is it's happened mm -hmm. uh, because you can feel really isolated and very alone mm -hmm. right. yeah mm -hmm. it's can you uh do you think you could get addicted to like energy like just from interacting with people yeah yeah that's such a good question. No one's ever asked me that before. But like my house is filled with all kinds of, we're talking about quartz crystal. My house is filled with all kinds of crystals because I think I might be addicted to, I like feeling energy, like because I can feel it, you can feel it, that you want to feel it. And so you kind of kind of have to like amp up your game a little yeah. bit to see, you know, how am I going to get this energy that I'm craving? And it could come from a variety of ways. So mm -hmm. yeah, actually, yeah. Thank you. That was good. I never thought of being addicted to energy before, but the, the, to feel good energy, to actually feel it is wonderful. Yeah. And and the, the, has felt that. Well, the follow up, to follow up on his question about the energy is, and you'll love, you'll love this Andrew. Um, have you ever heard of the, uh, the Enneagram? Yeah. So, um, and the different, uh, the different levels that we we can be could that have an effect towards how we interact with the energy and how we could get maybe addicted depending on our level so like i'm i'm a one and what are you andrew so i'm an individualist I'm a, I, I, well that, the four is the individualist oh, but is one, one is no. one's growth for a four mm -hmm. and uh i'm an eight um, mm -hmm. so Yes, the challenger uh, astrology. The with the second we're born, according to what are the energies in the cosmos when we're born? Does that affect us? Yes, yes, yes. All of that. Yeah, very much so. I do believe it. So, as a challenger um, that Andrew said he is, does that make it? And actually, this is directed at both of you. Um, would that make it harder for you to? gravitate towards that energy then andrew i think it depends on the person mm -hmm. you know um there's different levels of compatibility within the enneagram so you know the most compatible for a challenger was type two the helper and uh types there's two different type sixes uh one's I think uh, one is a spirit animal is a deer and the other one is a wolf. So it just depends on the person. Your spirit animals are the deer and the wolf? Uh, for the type six. Uh, uh, the, the loyalist. Oh. The, the, the Enneagram has a type has a spirit animal. So mm -hmm. for eight, it's the bear. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Is there a Black Panther spirit animal? 
No, there's only nine different Enneagram types. So I only know a few of them off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Use that. Huh? What are you, what's your spirit animal? What is mine? I have no clue. I know yeah, that I'm, uh, I didn't, I'm still I didn't studying think, it. So yeah, I'm still studying it, but uh uh I, I thought it was one that I was. I'm a four then. I'm not a one, I'm an individualist. So whatever the spirit or animal of an individualist would be, would probably be what it is, what I am. So ego. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, uh ego would probably be good a good one, honestly. Um, yeah. just because they're they hunt alone and they know how to survive so and yet they're caring because they're i mean you gotta make sure that you're young to survive so i mean birds would be birds in general would be a good one actually i mean yeah. especially like one thing that i know um and this is like on the little birds uh, especially if you get down to the nitty-gritty like robins actually mate with the same uh with the same uh spouse for life they meet their they actually meet their mate and then they're they're that's it for life so they actually have marriages in bird in the bird kingdom which is fascinating yeah, type four is the panther it's not what type four is uh, uh the panther sorry type four the is spirit the animal which is the individual yeah. so you're the panther yeah. I guess I'm the panther. I I did go to a school where my mascot was the panther when I was. Well, in I think I think the black panther is my um spiritual guide. Um, but how can I find out what my number is? Where can I take the test? Uh, you Anywhere? can uh, Google. Uh, just a second. Uh, I'm trying to find it. He has it bookmarked. Uh, it just. Sorry, I'm. Just I might have to... taken it before. There's all these tests, and then there's another one that yeah. does, like with all these letters E N J F and all that. And... Uh, that's the Myers Briggs type indicator. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I the Enneagram. Test, I don't remember what I am. The Enneagram measures your confirmation bias or the perspective that you you developed from your childhood forward. Mm -hmm. So, the impression that you got from your childhood on how it influences your life. Mm -hmm. okay so is this taught or is this innate uh it's innate it's 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 but influencing innate. yeah they say people are impressionable so this mm -hmm. is just this this is a test to uh, to measure what the impression you got as a child and how it influences your adulthood mm. well can it be changed like can you change enneagram numbers no. Uh, no, once it's set, uh, it's usually set around a seven or eight. It's set for life. You're basically got to. Oh, really? Yeah. Then even though you've gone to years and years of therapy, you're not going to change it. <laughs> basically, yeah. It's just mm -hmm. different levels of health, like uh, Zach had said. So. Well, then that, that's interesting because that you mentioned therapy, because like if this is. If we're all impressionable, but but this is the the value of our own selves through both our impressions as child as a, as children as we grow from what we've learned, but we're always going to be set in it. Um, then why do we have therapy? Because if therapy is not necessarily going to help, 
why I mean, if you're setting your way. I was just having this conversation with a friend today about Mm. how some people are in therapy for years and years and years Mm -hmm. and years and years. And I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's the point of therapy is to string Mm -hmm. you along. I think some therapy makes you ask why so much. Like why, 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 why? It's this endless, endless Mm -hmm. tunnel of whys. And we don't need to know all the whys to be successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, so That's... it's very interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, what is therapy? I think some therapies are not good for us. They're just geared yeah. for money-making schemes. Some mm-hmm. therapies are good for us. Yeah, I think the, the, the idea of like thinking about therapy, getting I think it's better to gravitate away from the more Freudian psychoanal uh, psychoanalytic therapies and even cognitive behavioral because you can't really change the behavior you can kind of alter it i mean kind of mold someone to maybe slow down but you can't really change behavior because we're creatures of habit even if you stop somebody from doing something at one end they're going to gravitate towards something that's similar to that behavior like if somebody wants to if somebody smokes cigarettes and they're able to change their behavior from smoking cigarettes, they're going to probably find something to kind of fit, fill the role of this. I mean, because that's really the habit right there. So they'll find something where they just stick something in their mouth that hold in their hand. So you can't really change. But one, one, I, one concept of therapy that I am enamored with, and I actually do think does work, is a more conversational-based, facilitated ordinance of uh that was revolutionized revolutionized by carl rogers in like the 70s where it's more facilitated based more conversation and the therapist is literally just there to listen you know and everybody can just get off their chest or if they don't want to talk they don't want to talk if they're not going to talk then therapy over you're probably not coming back but the facilitator the therapist just kind of just they'll say certain they'll ask certain open-ended questions to kind of let the conversation flow but they sit there quiet and let and just let the conversation take place let the person vent Uh, and then i think that's the better concept of therapy if you're going to have therapy is letting letting a patient just talk and get out all those feelings and all the all, all the bad stuff and because sometimes that's all we need it's just a rant yeah yeah sometimes we need to let it out but sometimes we also we can benefit from learning how to think Mm -hmm. so we don't go into a depressive state so we can be taught how to rethink how to rewire our brains Mm -hmm. and so i think a therapist i think a good therapist helps you with that in my Mm -hmm. opinion yeah and uh, the the sad part is is there's just not a whole lot of good therapists out there but when you do find them they're they're good they, they, i mean they're good when they're good they're good Mm-mm. you got you had something to add andrew well i was just thinking you know uh some therapists only are i could say they're on focus they don't they don't have any developed 
intentions and how they they treat people other people try to focus and and concentrate in different areas and then some therapists are allergic to you know thinking outside of the box and they're very strict and by the by the the book uh, on how they were taught and other ones are more open-minded and trying to you know like the Enneagram, that's something that people and some it's kind of controversial in the therapy community because some people don't agree with it and some people do and think that it helps. So it's it's really on, on a case by case basis and who you have. So that goes back to what you're saying that people just they go for years and it doesn't help them is because those therapists aren't aren't open minded and and trying different things. They're just just by or they're going by what they've been taught and not developing and and yeah. and yeah. evolving. Right, exactly. For instance, with my clients, I do soul purpose sessions and soul sessions, and a past life always comes up. And it's amazing how the past life that comes up, one or two or however many come up, it always shows explains something that's going on in this life. And the person's always like, oh, that's why I like that. Or that's why I don't like that. Or that's why I'm afraid of that. It's because they're aligned to that other consciousness where they were having that same feeling. So why did that life come through in a session? And why is that person still kind of aligned with that life that they're yeah. that pattern? Yeah. So I that's helpful. It, it, that form of inquiry tends to help people quickly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, because it's just a reminder you are you, you you're in this life not to repeat something that you did in another life you've already been there done yeah. that so let's figure out why do you have a propensity to have that same thought or that same action let's isolate that figure out why so then you don't have to waste your time reliving that in this consciousness you can get down to your purpose and and activate manifest what you came to do without having yeah. to deal with what your parents did to you and now deal with what your ancestors did to you deal with what past lives did to you i mean it's so much yeah <laughs> we have to try and be happy with so much on us well uh this has been a fun conversation we're actually we're coming close to We've actually gone past that hour mark, which so which says that this has been a great conversation. We're able to go over. So, yeah. but before yeah, before we we kind of go go ahead and wrap up and close out, um, uh, if if you want to explain a little bit further of what uh, you do, I mean, you kind of already did, but what you do, um, uh, uh, business wise, maybe do some more plugging for um for all the avenues that, that you can be reached by um yeah i'll i'll give you the floor on that and then uh and then uh also to close out um why don't you just tell us about that that experience with the x oh okay uh well thank you very much for this opportunity i enjoyed it very much um i'm honored that you asked me to join you uh, I have a website, planetsamp.com. I actually have a planet in a star system named after me in the Star Wars Galactic System. I'm in Wikipedia. It's the Sev Talk Planet and Star System. And so on my website, 
you can contact me if you had ET contact, you fill out a few questions and I'll respond to you and it's very private. Uh, and there's also um, a links to a variety of my interviews. My newest one is on Gaia TV, Beyond Belief with George Nori. Uh, that one just came out. And I have another one coming out on the History Channel and I'm in a, a Canadian docu-series uh, that has to do with the exes. Uh, and I am Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. I'm real easy to find. Uh, so the two exes, the, the second night I moved here, um, I, I made contact with the Greys and they burned uh, a red X mark. Yeah, into my tush, into my left cheek. And that shocked me. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to make this really short. And uh, um. I just told my partner at the time, we're going to pretend like this never happened. Cause he's like, where the hell did this ex come from? I'm like, this is what? And I'm like, we're going to pretend like it didn't happen. Cause that's how I spent my whole life. Everything that ever happened to me, ET wise or supernaturally, I just pretended like it didn't happen. And then mm -hmm. nine days later, another ex on my right cheek, directly opposite my left cheek. So I had an X on my left cheek and an X on my right cheek. But this time, that second X was accompanied with a conscious memory of being paralyzed on this bed in this mm -hmm. room. And uh, I felt something behind me. And when I turned around, there was a gray there doing something to my back mm. and he locked eyes. And that's when he didn't say anything to me. And I got really scared and I turned back around and I found myself in my bedroom. And I went downstairs and I waited for him to wake up. And I told myself, if there's another X on me, like I'm not going to be able to take it. That will push me over the cliff. That's going to be too much. Because mm -hmm. up until this point, I always thought they were dreams. But now I'm starting to realize these are not dreams. Like I'm really talking to aliens. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he came down and sure enough, there was another X. And uh, I call it my existential crisis because it's hard to describe because it felt like I was uh, suspended in nothingness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who we were as a human race. I didn't know what I was doing, talking to aliens in the middle of the night. I, back then I thought they were messing with me. Why are you messing with me? I knew nothing. Like everything I knew was just gone out the window. I felt like I had to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. And uh, And then three months later, I woke up and I declared I'm writing a book. I don't know what happened that night because I, when I went to sleep that night, I did not plan on writing a book. I hadn't planned on coming out at all. And then that morning I'm like, and I'm gonna call it, you have the right to talk to aliens. And I wrote it like in two or three months and then everything just took off. Kathleen Martin, if your audience knows Kathleen Martin, do you know Kathleen Martin? The niece of Betty and Barney Hill? Um. It sounds like I should, but I yes, don't think she's a very, very the most famous ufologist. She's the queen of ufology, Kathleen Martin. She endorsed my book and she's become a friend and a mentor. She helped me uh, because when I was looking for help, I heard in my head MUFON and I didn't even know what MUFON was, but I heard it in my head. Mm -hmm. so I Googled it and it was a real thing. And I saw her picture. And so I emailed her and she responded. And then she helped me process what happened to me. And we became friends. And uh, she's very dear to me. But I had to reach out to somebody. So that is my 
my big message is reach out to somebody, somebody, uh, me, reach out to me. I mean, you have to tell somebody to get it off mm -hmm. your chest. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Kathleen Martin, I think you, you, you say that in the book too. So I think you do mention that in the book. So from what, what I can remember. So yeah, and you're exactly right. I mean, you got to get it off your chest. Otherwise yeah. it's just going to eat at you and eat at you. And then well, it affects your life negatively. Mm -hmm. It affects mm -hmm. all areas of your life. You can't mm -hmm. compartmentalize it. It doesn't work that way. I know. Yeah. It. yeah. So, but this has been a this has been a wonderful discussion, and I'm glad that we we were able to connect. I'm I'm glad that I I uh, got to meet you when I was at uh, Move On with my other buddy and at the uh, with symposium. Yeah. At the symposium. The so. Symposium. Yeah, I'm so glad to meet you too. So and I'm and uh, thank you once again for for autographing the book as well. So and autographing it double Zach that was that was hilarious. It, we were both Zach. So yeah. <laughs> so um, but uh, and this is this has been another edition of the Legacy Right going away from the the Libertarian pursuit. Sometimes you just got to get away from that party argue. You know, it's just, yeah. it gets negative it gets negative so this has been a wild ride and uh check out sev and check out her her book that she wrote again uh you have the right to talk to aliens uh either go to her website that she she uh just plugged uh quite a few times in this planetsev.com um or uh amazon i assume you could probably yep so amazon as well so um this has been uh the legacy of Jennifer Lee Ent. I am Zachary Kaiser. Buckeye Zach, as Andrew would confirm. Uh, and uh, Andrew. I am Andrew Joseph. He did. He got it. This is Sev Tuck. Thank you once again. And uh, have a very nice, wild, any uneventful sleep, everybody. Because after this episode, you're going to have some dreams. So, peace. See ya. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Rosalind, and I'd like to welcome you to WCW Nightfall. One. 
a thousand holes. I think you're man enough for the challenge. You better be ready to wrestle, because you know, when you're getting in the ring with Eddie Guerrero, it's going to be high-flying and exciting. Hey, anytime you feel foggy, man, I'll slap on the buzz killer, rip your shoulder right out of socket. Wolfpack style! Hey, 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 funky boy. Like there's a choice here? Good God! The man with the plan. Pick deep, deep, deep. You want to play the game? You want to play with the big boy? Put your feet on the button, cause when you go down 110 feet, it's gonna be on like neck bone, sucker. This is Booker T from Harlem Heat, hardcore OG brother from 110 feet. The minute you pump, got the guts to step up to the plate, push the plate. Yo, Chico, you selected Scott Hall? Get ready for a wild ride on the outside. Hey there! I'd like to get power, Pop. Come on, fix me. I'm begging you, fix me. You think you got the courage to step in the ring? I think you're gonna wind up with a snap net joke slam. Technical wrestler, high flyer, waller. No matter what you consider yourself to be, when you're in the ring with the crippler, you're a loser.